What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 79th draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck. Alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Yes, the Merkin is back. <laughs> yeah, Eric, Matt Rohrbeck and Eric Merkin here for your favorite podcast, everybody. It's been a little while. We've been doing these episodes basically monthly right now. Uh, but today, Eric... I felt like we we just needed to record today. Yes, um, with the announcement of John Cena's new book about uh, positive Twitter uh, tweets. Quotes, yeah, quotes. yeah. I mean, it's just devastated and shaped the industry. A seismic shift has happened. Who will direct that movie? We'll see. Ron Howard. Maybe, maybe John Cena will make his directorial debut. Ron um, Howard. No, uh, yeah, I mean, rigmarole. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, we do this every once in a while. You, it used to be more frequently during COVID. It's been a little less. We've been doing more reviews, but anyways. And, interviews. And, and interviews. and interviews. But we'll, I'll get to that in a sec. But uh, we shoot the shit every week about what's going on in the entertainment industry. Uh, there's a lot going on in the entertainment industry today, and we are here to talk about it. Uh, we would love for you guys to go check out our other shows, Untitled Movie Reviews. Brand new review of David Fincher's Mank is available right now that we would love for you guys to check out. Uh, as well as a review for Black Bear, which we did a few weeks ago, but the movie is now coming out uh, to everyone on Canada in Canada. Uh, and there's a bunch of other reviews we'd love for you guys to go check out over on Untitled Movie Reviews. And as Eric mentioned, interviews. Yes, Untitled Movie Conversations is back. Would love for you guys to go uh, subscribe over there. We have great interviews um, with Joey Magison of Awards Radar, as well as Nick Scarpino of Kind of Funny, uh, talking about a lot of this similar things we were talking about today uh except before we knew about everything that was uh happening so i uh, would appreciate if you guys would go out and subscribe to those other shows but today eric we are here to talk about usually we i ask you how you're doing uh, how are you doing i'm fine who gives a fuck let's get to this <laughs> let's get into it so i just want to get right into it we usually talk about what we watched we'll get to that maybe well this is going to be a free-flowing show today uh, Warner Brothers and HBO Max announced that Warner Brothers entire 2021 slate will be available day one in theaters and on HBO Max, just like what they're doing with Wonder Woman on Christmas Day this year. Eric, we haven't even talked about the Wonder Woman news yet, and that was going to be the headline uh, you know, for the episode when we were going to record it a few days ago. Uh, luckily for us, this news didn't break right after recording like it usually does. Uh, we actually can talk about it. This, I don't know how you feel. We've talked about it a little bit. Um, this feels like one of those announcements that completely shakes up the industry and i i know that maybe is a little hyperbolic but it it kind of feels that way yeah it's it's i mean we've talked a little bit about um you know universal making a deal or signing a deal with amc For to like shorten the, window. the theatrical window um and and you know allowing premium vod releases to you know stream early and especially you know, with the the day and age we're living in now, and and what's going on with the pandemic, it's made you know watching movies in a theater unsafe. So you know, a lot of the um, studios have had to delay um, their you know their slate. Um, so you know, with Warner Brothers announcing this, this 2021 slate is actually the 2020 slate for the most part. Yeah, with, that's fair. 
with a couple of things that I'm sure like were going to come out in 2021. But, you know, at this point now, you have everything from Denny Villeneuve's Dune to a Tom and Jerry uh, live action hybrid um, being released. So there's no sort of discerning between, you know, different brands and products, like everything that Warner Brothers has uh, on the docket for next year is going to be available day and date. And this is a major step um, in a direction that I think was inevitable to a certain extent, um, but it was something that wasn't official yet. And, and, you know, it was, it was gossip, it was conversation, it was hypothetical, but now it's real. And it, you know, in, in the press release that Warner brothers issued, you know, they, they're saying that this is a temporary thing and, and one year only one year. But I mean, at the same time, they have I could to say s- that shit right now. Yeah. And, and I understand why, you know, the wording is important and especially when it comes to a press release, but at the same time you can see, I could see this being, the new norm, you know, like this is going to be what, you know, the, 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 the studio model for the future. And I, and I think after Warner brothers has made this announcement, I wouldn't be surprised if other studios follow suit. Like, I mean, especially with something like Disney where Disney plus dude, their investors meeting is next week, man. (laughs) Yeah. So Disney plus, I mean, is now releasing soul, on Christmas Day, not on premium, not like Mulan. Like you can actually watch it for free when it's available, as long as you have a subscription to Disney Plus the day of. And I think Matt and I can both say wholeheartedly we highly recommend it. It's a great film. Soul is incredible. Yeah, yeah. But thinking even about that, like you look at you know this week they're shooting uh, Hawkeye. The 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 we have some news on that too. Yeah, but but this is interesting things. because you have Florence Pugh joining the cast, and I feel that the continuity of the Black Widow film will be very important to kind of setting up the Hawkeye series. Because if the series and films are all going to connect together, you could see Black Widow now going to Disney Plus, where within this last year you know, within 2020, it didn't seem conceivable, you know, it didn't seem, you know, financially viable at the time. But now, because Warner Brothers has done this, it feels like other studios are going to, you know, unleash their their content and the floodgates have been opened. Yeah, Pandora's box really has been opened. And like, so if we go through the movies, I just want to talk like list all the movies and then we can kind of talk about this as a whole. So yes, I mean, I don't consider this, but it is going to HBO max and it is kind of a Warner brothers movie. Uh, the Steven, Steven Soderbergh movie, let them all talk will be on HBO max on December 10th. Then you get uh, wonder woman, 1984, you get mortal combat, you get the little things, you get Tom and Jerry, you get the many saints of Newark, which is the uh, um, Sopranos prequel, Sopranos prequel uh, reminiscence, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, uh, Conjuring 3, uh, In the Heights, Space Jam, A New Legacy, The Suicide Squad, Dune, Elvis, King Richard, The Matrix 4, Sherlock Holmes 3, and then these are undated but are supposed to be 2021, uh, Cry Macho, Judas and the Black Messiah, Malignant, Those Who Wish Me Dead, and Zack Snyder's Justice League. 
And then you just missed it out. Batman got pushed into 2022 or else we would have gotten the Batman and things like that. But we won't focus on that right now. But uh, that's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. The Batman dodged a bullet, unlike Batman's parents. Uh, yeah. For, for next year. <laughs> good, good Lord. Um, yeah. We've been talking about this for a while as recently as our, our convo with, with Nick over on conversations of talking about the future of cinemas and, and where we see things going because that Wonder Woman news was pretty fresh. And yeah, I think the writing's been on the wall for a while. I think Eric, the reason why I wanted to jump on and record this right away, because I feel like this has been an ongoing thread in our podcasts, probably going back to movie monarchy way back in the days, is we always talked about the theatrical experience. And I mean, even as we started movie monarchy was kind of when streaming was getting up and running. I mean, that's when I got my job at show me. Uh, I mean, we were doing that podcast before I got that job and like Netflix was entering Canada and becoming this bigger thing with original programming and then seeing where that's gone. And, um, now the theatrical experience we talk about constantly of like, okay, it sucks right now. How is, how are they going to change it? Like multiplexes are terrible. Here's how I think the future I could see the future. Um, and we knew streaming services were coming up, but the NATO and, you know, the, the cinema owners group were so strong and they kind of called all the shots when it came to theatrical releases and how things were coming out at, at home and on streaming. And it, COVID kind of put everything into like fast forward. And I feel like all these things were slowly trickling out and happening, but because that we're all stuck at home, because theaters are closed, that power shift is kind of changed. And the studios are going, listen, we don't, your fucking things aren't even open. So we don't even give a shit what you guys think anymore. We're just going to do what we're going to do. And you're going to have to listen to us. You're going to be the ones begging for our movies to be playing in your theaters when they open, no matter if they're at, home or in theaters and we don't have to beg you to be like no we have to keep our movies in cinemas for three months is that a good thing or a bad thing um i i see a lot of people right now you know calling for the death of cinema and it's something we've joked about for a long time like cinema is dead um does this is this the nail in the coffin um i think that's hyperbolic i tweeted that earlier um i embrace change for the most part i'm a pretty cynical person when it comes to like you know, I don't know, most things. Although like, obviously there's a ton of shit that brings me joy. I like dumb stuff. I like fucking theme parks, but when it comes to like, you know, big businesses and corporations, I am pretty cynical sometimes, but then there's the odd times where I like understand. And this is one of those things where I do understand and I kind of embrace it, even being a film fan. And like, I, I don't think this is the death of cinemas. I love going to the movies. I know you're in the same boat, Eric. Um, I've talked about it time and time again on this show and other shows and wherever people will let me talk about movies of like, I think people should have the choice and I really don't think it will kill cinemas by giving people the choice. Will less people go to the movies, like go to a physical theater? Yeah, probably that's inevitable. If you give them the option to stay at home on their lazy asses and watch it, on their TVs and TVs and sound systems keep getting better and better with 4k Dolby vision, Dolby Atmos, depending on, you know, again, there's many things we can talk about. We can talk about, you know, uh, big city versus small town. We can talk about, you know, uh, uh, rich versus poor when it comes to all this stuff too, of, of, you know, wh what kind of sound system and, and TV you have in your home. But like, I, I don't think this will bring the death of cinemas and I, I really feel like they will be around. And I've said this for a while is that multiplexes are the things that 
kind of are going to die and probably need to die for cinema to at least the act of going to the cinemas and going to the movies to feel important or special again and for people to give a shit again because i mean that from the people running the cinemas and the people going and i just feel like more option is better and when you give people the option to you know what you can watch it at hbo max at home that's totally cool but if you want there's a great uh local theater that's maybe independently owned or maybe big corporations step in and they have you know they're they just downsize and they have more you know smaller cinemas with bigger seats or or not bigger seats more seats or something like that but i feel like the experience because there won't be so you know quantity over quality which i feel like a lot of the amcs the cineplex the cinemarks and things like that was just like let's get the most fucking theaters so we can get the most screens and play the most movies and we'll hire people at minimum wage and there'll be millions of teenagers running these places and then it just kept getting worse and worse the experience so i embrace this shit man where i'm like okay this sucks on one hand i get it um and I don't necessarily want to call for the downfall of, you know, Cineplex or AMC because there's a lot of good people who work there and they employ a ton of people. And if those companies go under, then, you know, those theaters go down and all those people lose their jobs or the kids who are trying to get there. Like my, I loved working at Cineplex. Um, but I just feel like something like this is that big game changing thing in the industry that you don't see very often. And that was coming. It's just everything in this shitty year kind of, you know, just made it smash in our faces much, much quicker than anyone anticipated. And I feel like, like you said, the floodgates are open. Pandora's box is open, whatever you want, whatever metaphor you want to use, like Warner brothers doing this, I thought it would take just one movie like Wonder Woman and then we'd slowly get things to trickle out like, oh, okay, we tried it with Wonder Woman. We tried it with Mulan. Okay, who's going to step in? A24 is going to go, ooh, okay, we really care about movies being in cinemas, but Green Knight we can try on VOD or something like that. Um, But then it's just like, nope, fuck it, everything. This thing's not slowing down. We have to remember the excitement of talking about you know, this crazy game changing thing is because we have a deadly pandemic raging across the United States of America and the world. Some countries are handling it better than others. Um, and that's why they're saying this is a one year thing. Um, so I don't know, I'm rambling, but like, I, it's exciting. It's scary. Um, it's, uh, I, I like change. I am one person who says, burn it all down and build it from scratch. And, It'll take a while. It'll be messy. It'll be strange. There are going to be people that hate it. There are going to be people who love it because they want to watch stuff at home and have that option. And then I feel like we're just going to need to figure this all out together as an industry and as moviegoers. And like, and that's what's exciting to me is like, okay, you know what? Cinemas, you want to survive? You need to figure the fuck out how to survive. And then that's what's exciting to me is like, now you put it back on them. Okay. Cineplex. Okay. AMC, you guys want to make it through this and you need to convince people that watching a movie in a movie theater is better than watching at home, which they haven't done a fucking good job of over the last 
10 years, maybe more, probably more, but like, it's just gotten worse and worse. And I hate sounding like that guy too, but like you talk about people talking on their phone, projection issues, sound issues, um, name it. And there's an issue when you go to the movies, most people don't care, but you should make those people care because now they're just going to stay home if you don't offer them a premium experience. And that's what the movie should be is a premium experience. It should feel special when I sit down in that chair and the trailers come on and I'm about to watch a movie that on this giant fucking screen. Um, and if I'm not getting that, then why the fuck wouldn't I just watch it in 4k at home where no one's bothering me and I can just watch the whole movie on night one with my subscription or something like that. So that's kind of what excites me is that burn it all down build it up from scratch and figure this out of how we convince people to continue to come to the movies. And I'm repeating myself and I tweeted all this earlier, but now I get a chance to vocalize it. And Eric, I'll let you go in a sec. Sorry. Um, I've always talked about this roadshow style experience that I think we really love and that people used to really love when movies would have a limited release opening in major cities across, you know, the U S but the world or whatever, um, for one week, two weeks, maybe. And, um, you get a fuck, you get a cool pamphlet. Like you're going to the fucking Broadway. Um, you, it would be this, there'd be an overture and like an intermission and, and things like that. And like me, maybe not everyone wants that, but to me that would be special. And if you do this and you go, you have all these big event movies and maybe it's the indies that kind of, you know, get shafted in this. And I think there will be indie movie theaters that stick around and play that kind of stuff. But a lot of that stuff's going to be regulated to VOD, but the big event stuff I could see when everything's said and done, um, we're all fine. We all get a vaccine. Every life goes back to normal. Um, normal in quotes. Cause I don't think it, a, anything will be the same after this, especially this industry. Um, I don't think you can just rip that away from people. Like at the end of this, you can't Warner brothers can't just be like, you know, December 31st next year, they go, well, hope you enjoyed that year of great shit on HBO max, but none of it's none, nothing next year is going to be on there. There's no fucking way. So the way that, and now, like you said, all these other studios are going, fuck, if Warner brothers did this, like, everyone's going to be going Disney. You better release black widow or paramount. You better release. Stop selling your stuff off to <laughs> Netflix. Just, yeah. That was my joke. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like you're going to have to come up with something new. So I think we're going to get those one week, two week theatrical windows. Cause I feel like you could explain that to people go, Hey guys, everything's back to normal. We want, there's the theatrical experience still to be special. Um, so we're going to do this roadshow style thing for two weeks, maybe one week where we're in major cities across the U S Canada, Europe, everywhere, the world. And we're going to have this roadshow style thing where that's the movie that's coming out for a week. Right. And like, which is kind of how it happens right now. And it's a big event thing. Maybe they, they, there is a intermission in all of these movies because move god fucking i would love that like every movie's too long now and not too long but just give me like a 10 minute break in the middle and god bless you that's all i want and like an overture and like make it this big experience like you were going to a show or something like that right and then i feel like that could be a cool event and maybe that's only opening weekend and you just do regular showings after that um but i don't know that's how i envision it the theatrical window might not 
might come back, but I think it will be very, very short. That way you can even double dip on people too. And you just make it feel like you can wait, but you're going to have to wait two weeks. So you don't want to be that person who gets spoiled or doesn't see it opening weekend. So you can't talk about it with your friends or, or whatever. But then all the, you know, my parents and, and your parents probably for most movies and like, you know, the casual movie goer, like they'll probably be like, yeah, fuck, I don't care. I'll wait two weeks and I'll watch, you know, uh, honest thief and yeah. Or on grandpa. Um, anyways, that's my long rant of how I feel about this whole situation. Cause like, I do feel like the people being like, Oh, well that's it. RIP everyone. That's that's cinema. The cinemas are dead. And I'm like, I think it's a overreaction. I feel like it's going to be somewhere in the middle. Hey, Um, RIP also stands for rip. So mm -hmm. let her rip. Yeah. Anyways, that's my, like, what is your feeling about all of this, Eric? Cause you're a big movie I mean, you, even more so than me, like your sanctuary, I mean, both of us, but like you go to the movies literally more than anyone I know. I like to hang out in the the movie theater washrooms quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, it was, it was good listening to what you had to say and, and reading what you had to say on Twitter today. And I do agree with you in the sense that, you know, there's a certain amount of hyperbole when it comes to. You know, this is the 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 demise of the theatrical experience once and for all. I don't think that's going to happen. I think what you're talking about with the you know the the roadshow aspect will be something similar to how you know collectors of of physical media, Blu-rays, you know, it, it, with boutique labels, like the people that want to buy and purchase and own movies on Blu-ray will buy them you know they make a limited number they'll buy them the 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 people that will seek them out will want to seek them out the same way that the people that want to see a certain movie in a theater and if they have the option whether it be a road show or film festival or something like that will go out of their way to make it happen and to see it so there will always be and i think festivals will become um, important again when the pandemic eventually lifts where like that will be kind of like the time and place where people can go and see you know said movie in the theater you know weeks or months or a year before it gets its you know day and date release and I think that'll kind of make it even more special in that way but going back to <clears throat> just the changing of the tide like I think it was starting to become more noticeable when like so we had Sarah Van Lang on on our on our untitled movie conversations and I think one of the things that was kind of telling after that conversation was that you know like we started getting press releases and noticing that you know when the theaters were still open um in durham and parts of the G- the greater gta is that a lot of the movies that were playing at cineplex were netflix films and netflix movies you know th- there's this unwritten written law that like cineplex will not play a netflix film and especially during tiff where like you know any theater that is rented out that's a cineplex you know they couldn't play any of the the netflix titles so they would play them all at the light box and you know you notice that there was this divide and that there was you know the enemies were made and like there was no way that that was going to change and then with the pandemic because they didn't have enough 
content when you know Tenet was supposed to be the savior of cinema and reopen cinema cinemas and theaters and multiplexes that they would have other movies to play so they needed other content so they went to the one place that you would not expect them to go to which is Netflix which it was that was kind of to me like a sign of like okay things really are going to change and they are probably permanently going to change one way or another where we'll have you know streaming services you know having films that play in a theater or an art house theater but then like the other thing is like it's not going to kill movie theaters but it also might kill careers because i feel like there are some filmmakers like steven spielberg like christopher nolan like paul thomas anderson who are guys that are still apprehensive about making the dip into you know the streaming arena or making movies for you know the home viewing experience and like it'll be interesting to see specifically with nolan if he stays with warner brothers which has been his home for the better part of you know 15 odd years ever since you know he made uh insomnia you know like he he's 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 had a partnership with Warner Brothers and you know this year has been very significant with that narrative of of you know Nolan being the savior of cinema and also being the reaper of cinema and killing yeah. off cinema. Um so that'll be interesting to see like what you know just what he has to say about it and also what his plans will be and then you look at like I think the studio which will be fascinating to watch in the next couple of years is MGM because MGM is rebranding itself um as a uh director friendly um theatrical exhibitor or or a studio for exhibitors so you they have the new paul thomas anderson movie they have uh the ridley scott film gucci which they're going to be um you know financing they have a, a few other films from from named directors and basically mgm is rebuilding their brand because they've basically been away for the most part with the exception of you know the uh, the, the classic thing, lion yeah. with bond coming up and even that's going to be an interesting thing is is bond going to end up becoming a vod release or like a day and date like wonder woman now because if you have warner brothers doing that and they're releasing a movie like wonder woman or dune like it seems like that also now could be more probable and, yeah. yeah and then like that the other um thing that i would love to know about is is that and I mean, this is all speculative is whether or not the filmmakers knew about this before time or before, you know, the, the press release was, was issued out, or was this something that they were also surprised with? Because I feel again, like a guy like Denny Villeneuve made Dune for, you know, the theatrical experience to watch that movie on the biggest screen possible. So for this to happen again, again, I understand, you know, the the times are changing and also the situation yeah. is what it is but i i would i would be very curious to get their candid sort of comments on what's going on right now and and again if they knew about it or if they're getting this information the, the same day as everybody else is in the world yeah i mean from the little bit of you know it's been all over you know our circles all day and from what I heard was that the cinema owners or like theaters like AMC and stuff didn't know about it until an hour before the press release went out. Um, So who knows if they would have, I doubt they would have informed every filmmaker. I don't know, maybe contractually you have to in certain situations. Cause I heard that was one of the big, 
you know, issues. I mean, there was all that conversation with Trolls World Tour and um, some of the other VOD releases is that when those actors signed on to those movies, they were theatrical films, right? So some of their bonuses are even tied up into how the movie performs and things like that. And for a lot of these actors and directors, like, I wonder if there's anything in there that says like, Hey, like that's a, that's where it's going to get really complicated, right? Like if they informed everyone, did they do their research that goes, okay, but maybe because it's also playing in theaters, that's the loophole. Or as long as they release it in one theater, then technically it like it played in theaters. Right. Like on the technicality. Yeah. So like, I don't know, maybe there was nothing in there that says you can't shorten the theatrical window to basically zero. Well, it is zero. So Yeah, I don't know. Will that deter, like, if Warner Brothers does this and sticks with it to build HBO Max up, um, which will probably get a name change to Warner Max or something in the future, if that's how it continues. But, um, like, will filmmakers stay away? Or is is this going to be the new normal, which I think it is going to be? Will they be fine with, like, a two-week theatrical window, like we're talking about, Eric? Like, See, I think I some think, won't. Like, I could see, like, Quentin Tarantino being like... Oh, this is the end, dude. I don't know if we get a tenth movie, tenth movie now. Like, literally, like, I'm done. I'm not going to have my final movie play you know day and date or on premium vod a week or two after or playing you'll in a see theater. his movie go to like a small fucking like an a24 or something that will but be even like, them like they're being yeah, stubborn I like i yeah. mean like yes they released a couple of their movies uh on apple with on the rocks and boys state i mean minari's not going on uh apple plus um apple tv plus but like you look at saint mod saint mod has already played in Europe yeah. and England it's getting a Blu-ray and it's getting a Blu-ray <laughs> release in February and it was supposed to come out here back in April got delayed because of the pandemic and then it was supposed to open again in July got delayed because theaters were you know still touch and go and they haven't given it a release date yet and it's the same thing with the Green Knight it's the same thing with Zola well, um, that's what I mean at least they're holding out for cinema yeah because right? they believe like, that you know the cinema is the way to see that's the movie. what I mean do you see Where some Neon of these filmmakers has adapted a little bit better where they've been releasing a lot of their content via streaming, you know? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I was like, will we see some of these, but we're already seeing some big filmmakers like look at Scorsese, man. Like he's, he's almost given up and he's been like, you know what? I'm signing with Apple. They let me do what I want to do as well. Right. Like, yeah. And Fincher with Netflix, which we just talked about in our mank review. And like, so will Tarantino be that holdout? I mean, we've even seen, I think Spielberg with the stuff he's done with Apple. I feel like he's a guy who would give in to just making movies for a streaming service, which is so weird because he was the guy that was most, sort of against it especially the year roma was nominated for he'll you know, give best in, picture and i could see him well because remember he said a vote for 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 green book is a vote for cinema, for cinema. Yeah. right and like it's that that it would come off as so hypocritical but i could also see spielberg being like that kind of guy who he just needs to keep making content yeah. so he'll continue to do it but then i can also see someone like paul thomas anderson being like like tarantino where he just is kind of like you know what I'm, I'm going to pack it up. I don't really yeah. feel like continuing this way. So yeah, that's going to be sad and, um, and, and, and interesting 
you know, thing to follow after this. Cause like, yes, we're talking about, you know, how it affects movies next year and the movies that have been made already and things like that. But I, like, again, I, I hope people do embrace change and I feel like there are deals to be made here. You know, QT making his next movie, any studio would throw a bazillion dollars at him to do whatever he wants, just like Sony did with once upon a time. And, and like, I feel like there's a deal to be made. He's already done the roadshow thing with hateful eight that like, there's a deal to be made that says, Hey, we'll put your movie in a, in an awesome roadshow for three weeks and then it'll be going to streaming services. And I think he takes that deal nine out of 10 times. Like or he I just feel goes like, right to miniseries. Like yeah, he, he'll make a miniseries. Like 10th movie still. And then I could see him doing the miniseries thing too, and just branding it differently. It's still going to be a really long Tarantino movie, even if it's branded as a fucking miniseries. That's the thing. Like the line between television and film now is really just chapter based and length. Like, I don't know. Like I watched Queens Gambit, which really, like feels just like a seven hour movie that like even the end credits on the final episode, I'm like, Oh, you're literally just, this is basically a movie. Well, the line Um, that will blur, I think even more in the next few years is the definition of what a TV movie is. So the idea of like what something that is, is, is feature length, but made for like, I'm not talking about like TV movies of, of, you know, the seventies or eighties that were made for network television, but I'm talking more about like, you know, an HBO movie that wasn't bought by, you know, during a festival. I'm not talking about like bad education as an HBO movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Specifically, because then like you look at something like that, where, you know, Soderbergh's doing a lot of that right now. And, and that sort of line gets blurred. And I think that that's going to be, you know, an interesting definition. There's a, there's a movie on Amazon that's available right now called uncle Frank, the Alan ball film where that played at Sundance was bought by Amazon was, was still considered a movie until all of a sudden Amazon decided to campaign it as, um, an Emmy player and a golden globe player for television. So that's also going to be really fascinating because you could take, you know, any one of the films that, uh, Warner brothers has announced as, you know, on their slate, and if it doesn't do well or what have have you, you know, f- film wise, you could, you know, rebrand it as like a TV movie or something like that. Yeah, that's true. And I guess maybe for for HBO Max, it's that differentiation between HBO Max movies and Warner Brothers movies, I guess. Right. Right. But HBO like, Max still has TV shows and will probably have TV movies as well. Right. Yeah, HBO proper. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating, man. I don't know how it all plays out. And I feel like we'll see how those dominoes play out over the next, probably by the end of the year, right? Because I feel like these other, I, I don't know who's next. Like the Disney thing is very interesting. And I bet you there are some crazy meetings happening at Disney right now. Whether I'm sure they're, they've been thinking about this shit anyway. But the, and I'm sure they've known that Warner Brothers is going to do this for a while. Like that's how. Hollywood works, but, um, I'd be fascinated with that. So the, the Disney, um, uh, investor day event is four hours and it is starts at four thirty PM Eastern on December 10th. So a week from today. So next Thursday, it's from four thirty Eastern to eight thirty Eastern. It's four hours long. Um, and they're talking to all their investors and that's why this shit's coming up right now too. Right. Cause we're at the end of the year. So they all need to show 
their investors that like, yeah, we're going to make money next year. <laughs> right. Like, because they made can't thing on empty man. Yeah. So we, we gotta, and I mean, Warner, that's why Warner's doing it right now too. Right. Because they go into their investors meeting, which is probably very soon or maybe even happened today. That's why this was happening. I don't know, but, um, it, you have to go in to go, okay, guys. Yeah. We didn't really make much. We have a huge loss this year because theaters were shut down. Theme parks are shut down, yada, yada, yada. So they go, okay, next year, this is how we're going to make money. HBO max is going to be our baby. So like, I really wonder like, yes, Disney plus already had some stuff in the pipeline. Like you mentioned, you mentioned the Marvel shows. They obviously Mandalorian's doing really well for them. They have more, but I really feel like I would not be surprised if next Thursday we hear that all of Disney's slate next year is, is going to uh, Disney plus as well. Like they just match. Cause now you're competing streaming service versus streaming service too. Right? Like now you go, Oh fuck. Are people going to give Disney plus their $7 a month or whatever the hell it is? Or are they going to give HBO max their $15 a month? Um, what's the better value add right now? Like HBO max didn't, they had, I mean, HBO is already a great value, right? Like I feel like HBO already has a ton of great stuff. And now you throw in brand new movies every single month for next year. Like that is worth the $15 for sure. So as if you're Disney or if you're Netflix, like how do you counter that? And, and do you make that leap as well? Or do you stand by saying, no, our, some of our movies, you know, need to be seen in a, in a cinema. So we're going to hold on to them. Yeah. Well, and it'll be especially interesting with something like the Marvel universe, because the continuity is, is, is there. And like with WandaVision, it's, it's going to be interesting because like, you know, that is going to have ties to the next Dr. Strange movie. So, you know, like how is that going to play off? And then again, we were talking about Hawkeye, like Hawkeye seems to have some connections to uh black widow so you know it seems like black widow and winter soldier and falcon or whatever yeah so like how do you how do you do that now like if you release if you can't release black widow and black widow you know technically should be released before you know one of those series to kind of set things up and is kind of like the quote-unquote backdoor pilot to the series it's gonna. It, it's just gonna throw everything off. So at this point, I think you know we'll we'll probably hear soon what Disney's plans are. And I think even with Paramount and Universal, they're gonna have to like. I mean, obviously we talked about Universal signing the deal with AMC, but like I think they're going to have to even change their strategy even more so. And same thing with Paramount, but they're gonna also have to figure out like how are we going to release it and where we where are we going to release it because they don't have you know their own streaming, streaming service. services as well, of yet. Isn't paramount launching one or am i wrong there? i think they have something but and, i don't and know universal if has peacock right but i don't know if that's the right spot for right. big movies because i'm pretty sure peacock's like a free ad supported streaming service so everything has ads and stuff um which is fine but you're not going to sit through four and a half hours of fast nine with commercials or whatever imagine right. that that's the death of cinema right there um, or the birth, because it would just be like um, commercials of Vin Diesel's album in between the Fast and Furious yeah, Nine. Love me like you do, baby. Uh, I'm looking at anything else you wanted to talk about about this this deal, Eric. Anything on? No, I just think that this is this is 
you know, a big deal. I think this, this is, I mean, like it, it, it's a lot to take in. And I think that there's going to be a lot more to discuss in the weeks, months and years to come. And this is the beginning of a monumental change in the industry and the way that we watch movies. And like, it just, I think we kind of knew that something was going to happen or something would change. And we've been talking about it, but having this be officially announced today shows that, that in fact, that there is like, it is, it is happening. Like you, you cannot, you know, like the, the, the line in no country for old men, you can't stop what's coming, you know, like yeah. you, you can't. And that's kind of what this is. It's no country for old filmmakers it's no country (laughs) for the old guard it's yeah the the change is real and it's going to happen no matter what and it's just you know it's now it it really is the beginning of it all and i mean like again like movies like dune and and wonder woman are big films like shot on imax (laughs) yeah you know now on your tv screen yeah you know I mean, IMAX still looks good at home, but it's obviously not the same experience. And now I'm looking like to continue the conversation, like I'm looking at 2021 in general. And like now that you take the Warner Brothers stuff, you know, out and put it on streaming service, it's still there if cinemas are open in your area or we haven't even actually, Eric, what I want to go into now before I get into that, we're in Canada. We don't even have HBO Max. So like for us, this is definitely something we should cover. We're talking about it like this changes a lot for us, but technically, well, even internationally, like yeah. you know, like this is this is a whole can of worms. And continue, this please. is just kind of very American specific news because HBO Max isn't available internationally. It's not available in Canada, so uh, you know, other uh, people have done the your reporting, and I. I urge you to go seek that out but very like, hurts specifically hurts, with, uh, with chris, Crave, yeah. chris at global um um they went out and and confirmed with warner brothers that these movies in canada are theatrical films and they will be released on crave or different or streaming mostly crave i think it's all warner stuff um after their theatrical window um but what so, happens if they don't have a theatrical window? I mean, look at the witches, right? Like the witches was supposed to come out here theatrically now it's in, purgatory, in October. Right? Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's non-existent. So that's the scary part about all of this, because are we just going to be in this weird purgatory where, you know, the, their international arm is going, well, guys, we can't do anything in Canada because we made this deal with bell and they have this service called Crave, and we have to put everything on Crave. But why would we want to put our brand new movies on Crave? Because that doesn't that doesn't do anything for Warner Brothers and just Warner in general. They've already made the deal with Crave. Like adding more value add for Bell doesn't really do anything for them. They don't own that service, right? Unless Bell pays specifically individually for each movie or the package of movies, which could happen. Don't get me wrong. We still have, you know, 20 days until wonder woman. Um, we could see a deal in a week or two that says bell makes unbelievable deal with Warner brothers to release all their theatrical slate on crave next year. And then I'll vomit a little bit in my mouth. Um, <laughs> cause crave sucks. Um, I think it sucks. I think there's a ton of great content and it's good value. It's for the fi- quality of, it's of the quality, Crave's yeah. 
um, tech side when it comes to image and yeah. well, specifically image and, and sound as well. But like we, we were talking about like with Game of Thrones, like, you know, when that was on like the, the, the night grain, the, the, the aliasing and like, yeah, just the pixelization and just the bit rate is terrible. So it comes to your TV and this hor- dark scenes look the worst. So yeah, like Crave on paper, like you look at their content for, you know, what they charge 20 bucks a month, I think for the HBO version where you get all the HBO stuff, which is a lot of money, but like they have HBO, Showtime, Stars, like all in the same package, right? Like it is a good streaming service like but it's just you you wish their technical side was you know a little bit better still like they just put things in 1080p on certain like devices like it's barely like they don't have any 4k yet uh hbo announced that wonder woman would be the first 4k dolby vision uh movie dolby atmos on their service and now that makes sense because they probably are thinking well if we're doing our entire slate we have to have everything in 4k and the best quality available uh, but yeah, so this doesn't like really change anything unless we see some sort of deal in the next, you know, before the end of the year or before what's the first Warner Brothers movie next year. Uh, I think Judas and the Black Messiah, even though it's not dated, is going to be coming out before February, the uh, the awards cut off. So in February, the one thing I think it will Pop also in March. <laughs> will change is that mainstream physical media might cease to exist after this. I still think you'll have Criterion and boutique labels like, you know, Shout and Kino and stuff like that. But in terms of major releases, when it comes to like, you know, Warner Brothers, Universal, Disney, I think it's going to be fewer and far between not just catalog titles anymore, but even like, you know, big releases that play because why do you need to release them on physical media? Now, yes, Disney did release Mulan, but they didn't even really send out press releases about it. They just kind of, you know, the week before was kind of announced and they threw it out. And, you know, like I think now with like what Warner brothers is doing, it's like, well, what's the point of releasing it on Blu-ray or 4k? Like it's, it's more money to spend than, than we need to. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So yeah, I I don't know what they do here in Canada. Like I could see these being premium VOD movies as well. Like I could see them going that route where internationally they do release them, you know, on iTunes and Apple and whatever service you use to rent or buy your movies like digitally. I could see them doing that. But it's going to be a hard sell where you go, "Oh, well if you're American, you pay 15 bucks a month and you get all of these movies, but you have to pay $20 per movie here or whatever. Right. Like, right. It's going to be, it's going to be tricky. And I, I don't know, like I really highly doubt they would risk, you know, all the piracy stuff and, and other things of not having these movies available in Canada, like on the same day as the U S or internet. I mean, not just Canada. I'm talking Canada because we live in Canada, but um, I mean like in general, bye Nevis. Love you. Um, I, um, I really highly doubt they're just going to go, no, they will be theatrical here because like, it's not like when Tenet came out, it's not like when new mutants came out where Canada was doing fairly well compared to the U S especially in the, you know, outside of the big major cities and stuff like that. Like we live right outside of Toronto. We had barely, we had barely any cases here. So movie theaters were allowed to be open and even me and you felt comfortable 
enough to go see Tenet and New Mutants. Uh, that is not the case right now. Ontario and other parts of Canada have gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. And our theaters are closed as well. And it doesn't look like it's slowing down here either. So I have no idea what their plans are. And I, of course, right now they're going to say like, no, no, we're going to, we're, everything's going to be coming out in, uh, in, uh, in cinemas here. Cause I feel like they don't know what the fuck they're going to do. So they have to say that right now, but it's going to be fascinating. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Well, when it comes to here, I, I think we're, we're going to still be in a sort of deadlock when it comes to January, February, March, like, like that's the other thing that I keep thinking about. Like 2020 is, has been a complete write off a dumpster fire, but you know, like I'm going to go keep talking. Yeah. Yeah. But 2021, I mean, we, we know what to expect. So maybe our expectations are more in check, but I feel that 2021 is going to be a lot of the same where we're going to be in a kind of arrested development state for the majority of next year. The only difference being is that we're now accustomed to it where before we were completely at odds and, and unsure of how things were going to go and, you know, playing it day by day and, and, you know, kind of feeling lost in the shuffle, but now we've adjusted to it in the last, you know, year. So, you know, moving into 2021, I feel like a lot of what has already, you know, come to pass in the year prior will still be the same, you know, like most recreation, um, you know, places where you would normally go to, whether it be restaurants, movie theaters, uh, any of the above are still going to be closed for the most part, unless you live in an area that, you know, has low, uh, infection numbers, low infection rates. So at this point, like, I think 2021 really will be more of what we've already experienced. And even when the vaccine is readily available, when it's ready to be distributed and when it's ready to, um, you know, get out there, I've, I have this feeling that like that's also going to take a long time to kind of distribute because it's not just something that's going to happen overnight. So you're st- still going to have those issues as well. So, you know, we could be into 2022 by the time things kind of start to look like what they did before the pandemic. Um, Sorry, but- can you repeat all that? I just got back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just sure. kidding. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, dude. And um, I didn't obviously catch everything you said because I, well, I was just saying how, how I think 2021 is basically going to be more of the same as 2020 with the expect with the, the difference being is that we're a little bit more prepared. Our expectations are in check because Fair, yeah. we, we know what's coming or we know what to expect now and more of the same where. 2020 there was this moment of like oh crap like everything is shutting down everything is being put on hold and like it was kind of like there were moments where we were thinking oh maybe this will lift in a couple of months okay maybe this will <laughs> be done by the year. fall yeah. maybe this will be done yeah. by christmas i know you i know? just recently at my day job um they announced they kept going oh we'll be back in july or whatever um okay we'll be back in january of 2021 and then just this week they were like no we're working from home until july 2021 and i could see that being 
January 2022, right? Like, yeah. um, it, it's it sucks, and that's why Warner um did this, um, but because they're losing. I mean, they're losing money no matter what, and I think most studios are because you know they they are looking to make a certain amount back for each of the films and, you know, recoup the costs of their budget and marketing and things like that. So to sit on those movies and to hold them for so long, you know, they're not making any of their profit back. So I understand why they're going to release it, but then they're also going to lose money anyways, because if they're going to stream it, you know, or or have it on HBO max, you know, they're not going to make as much, you know, at a theater or, you know, yeah. repeat viewings. Right. So you're damned. If you do, you're damned. If you don't. So um, Eric, uh, Paramount announced that CBS all access will become Paramount plus a global streaming service in 2021. So that you could, I could see like a lot of, of Paramount slate for, for next year, moving over to this Paramount, uh, plus, yeah. And just, you know, them deciding to do the same thing because Especially again, if you're launching a brand new streaming service and you're competing against like super heavy hitters, right? Yeah. And weirdly, Paramount has kind of already been doing this a little bit kind of on selling things the, to Netflix. The low key, well, no, well, not just that, but like releasing VOD movies for smaller films oh, right. that they've picked up at festivals throughout the last year or so. Uh, most recently with the Margot Robbie Dust Bowl um oh, right uh, yeah robbery film the bonnie and clyde movie um dreamland but also the one with charlie hunnam the boxing movie jungle land which played at uh tiff and then also the pair of brian duffield written films love and monsters and spontaneous so they've been releasing a lot of stuff on vod uh day and date for premium prices um, it's just that they've been a lot of more genre or sort of smaller indie movies. Mm-hmm. And I could see like, so there is a premium version of Peacock. So there's a free version where you um, can watch basically everything. I think you just get advertisements and next day access to current seasons, things like that. Then there's Peacock premium which is bundled at no additional cost to Comcast subscribers because I forgot Universal owns Comcast. So it seems like, oh, also available for $4.99 a month on all popular connected mobile and web uh, devices for non-bundled customers. So only $5 a month for Peacock. But I, I really do wonder if, so you got Paramount has one coming, Universal has one coming, Warner has one, Disney has one and then you have the Netflix and Amazon prime and Apple. Um, and that God, if you want to watch all these movies now, you're going to have to subscribe to all these different services. I'm hypothetically saying if they all end up going to streaming services next year, which is, as you mentioned, going to be expensive because then you come to a situation where it's like picking and choosing. I mean, we're lucky enough to, have the ability to watch some of this stuff beforehand because we're press and we cover it, but it's still really expensive when you consider like, you know, this could, unless they decide to do the cable thing with all of these streaming services and do bundles, which I don't think is going to happen 
necessarily in the near future, but yeah. So you're going to have to basically say like, okay, well, you know, like this is what I can afford in a month. So I'm going to pick, you know, uh, A, B and C because this is, you know, the best deal I can make or, you know, pick the one that you specifically feel, you know, is the best bang for your buck, whether it be the price or the kind of movies or TV that you enjoy. And again, that's also going to be a brand thing as well a little bit, because it's like, do you want, you know, some of the family friendly, clean entertainment with, you know, Disney Plus, or do you want something that's a little bit more uh, grown up and sophisticated and, you know, with HBO Max, and that offers a little bit more variety there. So it's, that's going to be another um, huge conversation and, and sort of a, a divide when it comes to picking and choosing. And then like, you know, Netflix as well. And then all these streaming services, you know, raise the cost uh, a little bit, uh, you know, during certain quarters, uh, depending on it's the second or third. And sometimes they don't even really announce it or make it a big deal. But then you'll see in your bill that, you know, Netflix went from, you know, $10 to uh, 12 and now it's, you know, 13 and, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, um, it's wild. I keep looking at tweets, just going, this whole thing for Canada is complicated. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, man, I don't know. I'm looking at other places. Sony doesn't have a streaming service. They used to have Crackle or maybe they still do. I don't know, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I don't know what happens. Yeah. Next year is going to be a uh, very, very interesting man. And then you mentioned like, I don't know if you wanted to cover any other news or anything. This show will basically only be about that news and, um, maybe we'll talk a little bit about what we've been watching and stuff, but, um, yeah, there was some leaked Hawkeye stuff. So Haley Steinfeld, uh, uh, has been confirmed to play Kate Bishop through leaked photos. Vera Farmiga was, uh, is playing her mother, I believe in the series. Florence Pugh, like Eric mentioned is, uh, confirmed to be in, uh, in Hawkeye as well. And that she's rumored to have a cameo in Falcon and the winter soldier I've heard. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I, it's mostly streaming news really. Cause we were going to talk about the wonder woman thing being the, the biggest thing. And there's some other stuff, but, um, this whole day and I think the rest of the year will just be talking about how this is going to affect the industry. So, um, I think that's like the only news story that you really can talk about today. <laughs> Or even just this episode. Like, I feel like this episode just should kind of be just that because I mean, like it's, it's such a a monumentous shift in the movie going experience and just how the industry works as a whole, because now you got to think like, again, you know, filmmakers are at and actors are going to be looking at it like, Oh, do I want to, you know, put in this effort or work for something that's going to go, directly to people's homes. And then there's the opposite reaction where it's like, okay, this might benefit, you know, especially if it's a smaller film that, you know, barely gets a theatrical release or a limited release and rolls out as a platform title that, you know, might have a difficult time reaching, you know, this small town or region and now is accessible the day it's released everywhere, you know, like Rome is that perfect example of it. I mean, not that everybody watched it, but uh, you know, a movie like Rome, if it was released traditionally, yeah, it wouldn't, you know, a lot of people wouldn't have been able to just have the opportunity. In general, like I've heard a lot of people, um, 
in in that community talk about um, not just from accessibility from your standpoint too, but uh, you might have said this. I, I might have zoned out, but like um, just accessible from close captioning and having access for people who can't really you know go to the movies all the time or don't have a, like maybe aren't able to to go or it's hard for them to leave the house or people who are you know hard of hearing or 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 seeing that can now watch movies easily with captions on and and things like that like there are a lot of good things to come from this too like accessibility is a good thing and like accessibility like i'm saying and what you're saying eric too of of being accessible to you know more audiences for for certain things too i mean everyone has a movie theater in their town for the most part but uh, or you might have to drive a little bit to get to one, but um, certain smaller movies, like you're saying, like you usually had to wait until those came out, like either after their theatrical window or until their wide release if they got one, right? Yeah. And if your theater only has a couple cinemas, it's probably not going to play there. And then you just had to kind of wait for that. So I think there are some silver linings here. And I, I stand by what I said before, where I'm like, I really don't think this is the nail in the coffin. I feel like, yes, you kind of have to burn it all down and, and, and build it from its ashes. And, um, that's what I see moving forward is like, I think there is a world where going to the cinemas and things being on streaming services can live in harmony in perfect harmony, really. Um, and I think we will get to that point. And I just feel like maybe it's just cause I, both of us are extremely online that like you see some of the negative takes, all the time uh where if we weren't on twitter nonstop, we maybe didn't see that i'd be curious to see what i'm going to talk to my parents about this and like uh, other people that really aren't in you know film twitter or in our circles and like i don't know if have you talked to anyone like uh, yeah like, I, I mean i i've talked to my uh I, I talked to my mom about it but it didn't really seem to affect her, that much. her yeah. But like yeah like i think that's the other thing you have to look at it's like yeah we live in this film bubble and, and community that is you know uh that lives and breathes it where like i think the average you know person think, that goes to yeah. see a, a movie or two a year generally before the pandemic this will be great for them because they'll just be able to this watch will be it great, but also they probably won't really notice much of a difference anyways because probably they by the waiting, time like yeah. The, yeah or by the time that they get to the movie it would be like you know when the movie would be released, you know, that's fair. on stream. Well, they'll right? just have more choice earlier rather than yes. not realizing that they waited a year before my dad goes, Hey, have you seen this movie? And then yeah. Like, or they'll be like, Oh, I didn't realize wonder woman was available already on, uh, you know, streaming. I must've missed it in theaters. Like that kind of thing where it's just like, you know, not, I don't want to say clueless, but just like, that's not their top priority. You know, like it's yeah. just like, it's casual entertainment. Yeah, man, it'll be interesting. I can't wait to talk to more people about it. I think we should just let's wrap here. Like we'll yeah. we'll go back into a normal episode um, next time where we'll talk about things that we've been watching, like Queen's Gambit, Mandalorian, and different things like that. But I feel like today's episode should be dedicated to that news, and we we've talked about it for an hour. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, if you enjoyed that, uh, tons of other episodes right here on uh, Untitled Movie uh, Podcast that you guys should go check out. Also have two more. Podcasts podcast we'd love for you guys to subscribe to untitled movie reviews uh, is our review show where for 30 minutes and under sometimes if we're talking about mank and david fincher's filmography we go way over um but bite-sized professional reviews from eric and i for the new release films we'll be covering everything that's going to go straight to hbo max 
um, and other things like that. So please go check out our newest reviews for Mank. Uh, we have a banked review from Black Bear that's coming out uh, uh, this week as well. So you guys can check both of those reviews out. And we got tons of other stuff and tons of stuff coming up like Soul and um, and Promising Young Woman and uh, uh, some great, great stuff coming up. Uh, and then Untitled Movie Conversations, uh, our newest two uh, interviews with um, um, uh, Nick Scarpino and uh, Joey Magidson. We would love for you guys to go check those out. Really great conversations. Like I mentioned, we talked about some of this stuff with Nick and got his perspective uh, during the last episode. Although it was recorded before this news, we were all hypothesizing of what could happen based on the um, Wonder Woman news. Uh, and then with Joey, we talked about award season and, and things like that. Some really great uh, insight from him, from someone who knows what the hell they're talking about when it comes to all that stuff. So go check out those, please rate them on your favorite podcast service. Any of those in the trilogy of untitled podcasts, follow us at untitled underscore cast on all social medias. Uh, and as always, my name is Matt Roebeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all of the social medias at Matt Roebeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogertcv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. The times they are a-changing.